Welcome to Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers. This is Dr. Eileen Hale, the COO for Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, and Kira Sage, our CDO for Teaching Tips for English Language Teachers, a program of the Rhodes Education Foundation. Today, we have a special guest with us, Dr. Mark Hancock. He's going to talk to us about publishing in your field. His field is pronunciation. So he's going to share with us how he got started in this field and how he's been so successful in publications in this field, both as a publisher for Cambridge Publications and others, as well as self-publishing. Welcome, Mark. How are you today? Hi, Mark. Welcome again. It's great to have you back with us from your earlier episode, Pronunciation Tips for Teachers. We have Mark Hancock here with us today to share how he developed pronunciation as a specialization within his teaching practice and use it in an entrepreneurial style, we'll say, to become a publisher in the field of pronunciation and speaker at conferences. So welcome, Mark. Can you share with us a little bit about this aspect of your work, not only as a teacher, but as a publisher and speaker and how you've develop this aspect of your platform, if you will, as an educator. Yeah, okay. Um, well, I, I mentioned in the last podcast a little bit about uh, how I started with writing pronunciation materials. That was working in Brazil and the, the school asked me to start making some materials for teaching pronunciation in a fun kind of way. So eventually I, I made some games which ended up in this book, uh, Pronunciation Games from Cambridge University Press. Uh, so yeah, I got these materials together that I made for the school. And um, I, somebody said, why don't you try and publish this stuff? And so I, I got it together and posted a, a package of documents to Cambridge University Press. Um, and they were, well, I actually sent it to several different publishers. And the, the only one that, who responded was Cambridge University Press. And they said, well, it looks like a load of rubbish, but I think we could make it good. Um, so they took me through the process of making an idea into a book. Um, 1995, the book came out, but obviously I started work on it earlier than that. It took some time. Uh, and uh, well, I was convinced that I wanted to make pronunciation more fun, less academic, more accessible. So that was my approach right from the start. And I guess that's why people said, well, that's, that's interesting, you should try and publish it. So that was my first book. Um, that, that book was actually photocopyable uh, for teachers. So there would be the activity that the teachers would photocopy and use it in their classes. So it was, addressed to the teacher, the audience of the book is the teacher and, and the student in an indirect way. I'm addressing the student via the teacher. Um, my second book on pronunciation was actually a different uh, kind of approach. This was pronunciation, English pronunciation in use by Cambridge again. And uh, this one, they asked me to do something a student could potentially work on their own with. It had its um, audio materials with it. 
So students can, if they want, work through this book and listen to the audio and work through the book on their own. So it's addressed to intermediate level students, that book. Although in practice, a lot of teachers use it as well. But however, the focus is, it might get used in a different way than what you necessarily intended. But that was a, a different kind of book altogether, slightly more, um, less gamey, more, more like a, an exercise book, if you like. Around about the time of um, the financial crisis with the subprime mortgages and all of that, what was that? About six, seven years ago, eight years ago, can't remember. Around about that time, I, I was working on some other material. So I, pre I presented the idea to Cambridge again. This was the material that eventually became a series of four books called Prom Pack. Uh, this material I was, I was going to send it to Cambridge, but they said, well, right now with the crisis and everything, we're not in a position to be taking on a new uh, project like that. So that forced me into either taking it to another publisher or maybe even self-publishing. So you're asking about my entrepreneurial genius. It started like that. You just got, I was just obliged to do it myself. So luckily my sister is a graphic designer and uh, good on both page design, but also digital design. And she actually designed the first book, Pronunciation Games, way back in the day. But she collaborated on, on the Pronpack books, which are both uh, e-books and print-on-demand. She, she, she made those. In fact, we've got another one due out tomorrow uh, for Brazilian specifically for Brazilian learners. So after Prompact one to four, we're continuing. I made, we made one for Spanish speakers and then one for Brazilian learners, which is coming out tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's running on. And as a collaboration between me and my sister, which makes things really easy in terms of I don't have to uh, go into making contracts and employing people and that stuff, because I'm not that entrepreneurial really. I'm not, I don't want to go into the legal side of stuff. And I don't think I would have patience for that. Um, yeah. That's Sorry, I don't know. Congratulations, by the way, for your new book coming out. We'd love to see it. Um, your wealth of knowledge for our listeners, I believe. So if you were, with all your experience, to recommend to a teacher today that wants to start publishing, would you suggest that they go the traditional route to the publisher and or go for the entrepreneurial self-publishing route, if that's a possibility for them, based on your experience with both? Well, I would think um, <clears throat> going to a traditional publisher, doing your first book with a traditional publisher is a good learning experience because the publisher takes you through the process. You learn what, what it means to edit for example, maybe you didn't know that before. You're going to find out if you if you work with a publisher. Uh, and I think it's by far the best way to learn because if you if you're just going to start publishing yourself, you've got to learn all of that stuff by yourself, apart from 
the actual content matter of what you're, you're working on, like, for example, pronunciation, grammar, vocabulary, whatever it is you're interested in. Apart from that, you've got to learn all about editing and uh, design, all of those things. That's quite a, a big ask. But on the other hand, if you feel that you can do it, then, then why not? There's nothing stopping you these days because um, the tools are available now, which in a way that they definitely were not available to me when I started out. In, in other words, the internet means that you can distribute your books without having lorries traveling around Europe and South America. You don't need trucks. You don't need logistics. You can have print on demand, for example, from Amazon or whatever for physical books, or you can have eBooks through Kobo, uh, Amazon again, um, Apple Books, and those are really easy to do. I mean, easy to do badly as well, but easy to do. It's easy to um, prepare a book and put it on to a, a platform or online that way. And then all you've got left is the marketing. There's another good reason for going for a publisher because they do the marketing as well. Marketing's a, really important if you're going to self-publish and you want it to get beyond if you want to cut through to your audience how are you going to do that um now i i guess some people are good at that i guess kyra you're you're uh, of a generation where you you're you're very much uh, into social media and you know how to reach an audience that way mm. if if you have that skill then you can use that and that's but if you don't have that skill you're going to have to learn it pretty quick and so generally speaking i would recommend people go with a, uh, a tra traditional publisher but if you have these skills like Kyra there you can maybe take a shortcut great answers do you find i think people always want to know do you actually make money making writing books when i i ask that in terms of also from an educational perspective knowing that the answer is usually no you, you probably lose money sometimes but how do you leverage if you will your authorship for conference speaking and those kind of things that you could yeah, well uh, there's uh, different kinds of books uh, this the, this kind of book here which is aimed at a teacher not at a student you don't sell so many because there are fewer teachers than students right. uh, this book aimed at a student you sell more because there are more students. Um, but on the other hand, this book has been around for about 25 years. So it's a little bit over a long time. So if you're prepared to wait, I guess it's worth it. Um, I'll tell you where you want to, where you're going, if you want to make money on selling books, you really need to be getting into course books, which I have also done. Although I fear that the days of getting big money off course books are over. There was a, a golden golden age of course books, late 90s in the early noughties, uh, well, maybe all of the noughties. You, there were course books. If you can get an international course book with one of the major publishers, uh, you could make a lot of money. And some people made a lot of money through that. Uh, I think... Uh, 
I was just a little bit too late for that because I was right at the end, the end of that golden era of course book writing. Nowadays, it's much more competitive and the amount that the, the, the author receives is constantly being cut and cut and cut. So not quite as attractive as it used to be. For money, it's not going to make you rich, no, but it might make you happy. Great. And um, as we're going to wrap up, if Kira might ask any questions, I just want to ask one more related to speaking and how you utilize your platform of your authorship while you're speaking or as a means to speaking at conferences, whether it's TESOL International or other conferences around the world. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, sp speaking, uh, another good reason for going with a, a publisher is that you tend to get your name maybe becomes better known and uh, speaking being asked to speak uh, one of the one of the better paying um, ways of getting getting a speaking job is if you're working for the publisher and the publisher asks you to do a, a webinar for them they, they pay reasonably well if you could get one of those every week that would be a, a living but uh, you don't usually get that many, but that's one way of getting, getting onto the conference circuit. Uh, you, need to, you need to be known somehow. And uh, a way of getting known would be to be a, a specialist, to have a unique selling point, let's say. Uh, so you might, be, oh, he's the guy that does vocabulary. She's the one that does uh, uh, 21st century skills. Uh, get your name associated with a specific area. And so that people think, oh yeah, that person does that. And so that when they're organizing their conference or event, they go, ah, uh, we want somebody to talk about uh, uh, creativity in the classroom. Ah, the person that does that is such and such. So that's a, that's a good way forward, I think, if you want to build up a name for yourself, build up a characteristic focus, maybe it could be a focus, it could be a characteristic style, some sort of uh, recognisable, uh, unique point about yourself. I, I, I don't know, Harry, I'm probably not a very good person to ask about this right now because I have not come from the era of social media where the whole, all of the rules, it seems to me, that used to apply are completely changed here. And you can become immensely famous from without any kind of long-term background in publishing or whatever, just through uh, your skills on using the social media. So the, the rules, it seems to me, have changed quite a bit on this. So. I can't really help with that. <laughs> no, but that you gave great answers, actually. I really appreciate that. I'll let Kira ask um, some final questions if you want the microphone, Kira. And uh, then we'll thank you for your time. Go ahead, Kira. Oh, I know. I, 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 I want to see how I know that Mark has recently started an Instagram page, which everyone should be following. Um, 
but I really am excited to see what you do with Instagram, um, especially as someone who is an influencer myself, um, knowing what you've done with pronunciation games. And as soon as you get to learn all of the fun um, features of Instagram Reels, I cannot wait to see how you turn this into a learning experience. I'm excited. Um, yeah, well, that's an exciting new venture for me. Uh, but uh, previously to this, I, I'd only worked with what Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, and uh, uh, LinkedIn. So, but Instagram, I don't know why. I, I just thought, well, in, in, in some parts of the world, it's much more popular than those other platforms I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, I better find out what it's about. And I'm just learning the basic differences between Facebook and Instagram right now. There's interesting differences there. I don't know. I think Instagram may be better for my purposes um, as a creative, if you like. I think it may be a better platform. We'll see. <laughs> and uh, thank you for your confidence, Kyra. <laughs> Actually, I think you would be also really successful on TikTok too, because it's so focused on um, sounds there and mm -hmm. um, sounds and how you can pair those sounds to create whatever emotional, comedic, dramatic effects. So I've never even looked at that. So yeah, maybe I should have a look. Have you, are you, got, have you got a presence on TikTok? Yes. Um, I'd love to, yeah, talk more about that with you. Cause I just, I just think with what you know and what you've already built on the physical side, it can be totally transformed into something really cool on the digital. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> I'll have a look. Yeah. A new partnership will emerge. <laughs> a new we really respect your time and are grateful for all that you're sharing with our listeners. Um, do you want any final words you'd like to share, Mark, kind of a wrap-up, final teaching tips, where people can find you? Well, I kind of mentioned the Instagram. It's uh, Mark Hancock Pronunciation, all one word. There's that. That's where you can find me. Um, that's where you found me, right? So yes. <laughs> anybody else can find me there in the same way. And well, thank you for thank you for inviting me to speak to you and have a great day. You we too. really appreciate all the knowledge you've shared with us. And uh, I guess we can stop the recording if you want, Kira. Okay. Just, are we, do you have any final questions, Kira? Sorry. Mark, you're an inspiration. I love what you do. And thank you so much for being with us and taking the time to share your experience um, with us. Thank you very much, Kyra. Very kind of you to say that. <laughs> yes. Bye. Thank you, Mark, for sharing with us. And to summarize, Mark's top teaching tips. He recommends that we publish our first book with a traditional publisher for several reasons. One, a publisher does the marketing for you and gives you notoriety, which is much harder to do on one's own. Second, doing a webinar for a publisher who you've published with is a great way to earn money. Also, he recommends associating yourself with a specific area or aspect of English language teaching that becomes your expertise, such as pronunciation in his case. Choose your focus if you're going to publish or try to publish in a specific area. He believes it will really help you succeed. Thank you again, Mark, for sharing with us today. We really appreciate your expertise that you've shared with our listeners. 
And I just want to share a couple upcoming items for this month, the events that we have planned. At the end of this month, Friday, July 30th, I am going to be giving a live workshop on the independence of teachers. We're talking about how you can gain independence within and outside of your career, uh, doing tutoring, freelancing, other types of independence. You can learn more about and share your ideas with us. That's Friday, July 30th at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. And at the end of this month, Saturday, July 31st, we have TTELT Talks. We started offering this at two different times, knowing that our listeners around the world have a, quite a variety of time zones. So we're trying to accommodate as many people as possible. Thus, on Saturday, July 1st, we will be doing our talks at 12 noon and at 5 p.m. These are both in Eastern Standard Time. Please choose one or the other. You do not need to attend both. Again, 12 noon or 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturday, July 31st. This is when we talk about topics that matter most to you and your students. We welcome you to email us with your ideas ahead of time. T-T-E-L-T info, that's I-N-F-O at gmail.com. And this month is our July fundraiser. We are raising funds. You can see our website, www.ttelt.org, where we are trying to get more funds for professional development growth and scholarships for teachers to access our accredited courses and continue the development of our podcasts and online live workshops. Thank you for sharing this with your colleagues and for participating with us today. Follow us at ttelt.org. We'd love to hear from you on our Facebook group, Instagram, Twitter. We will look forward to seeing you soon. Thanks again. <music>